Guys, people, on today's show, we have the original co-host of Inspire Guys People, my friend, my brother, Lavelle Neal. He's coming on today to be interviewed. We didn't know it was going to be an interview. It really just started off as a normal phone call like Lavelle typically has. But we ended up interviewing him about how he was in $50,000 of debt and he became debt free. Yeah, we're going to enjoy that. But before that, I'm going to talk about gifts versus calling. And you're going to sit back, relax, and enjoy the inspiration. Now in session. Inspire guys, people. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggled to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your jeans. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire Guys People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Come on in, come on in, take a seat, you know what I'm saying? Make yourself at home. I'm happy to be here kicking it with you today. If you are a first-time listener, I appreciate you so much, and I advise you, after you listen to this episode, if you enjoy it, that is, First of all, if you're on Apple Podcast or iTunes, whatever, you know, click like, like it, give it a rating, give us five stars, please. Not four, not three, not two. I'm joking. Give us however many stars you think we deserve. And if you are a nice person, rate the show. Um, yeah. Also, look at the description of today's show. Like when you're wherever you're looking at, scroll through it. It's links, it's email addresses and ways to contact me on Instagram and all that. The email is jermainewilsonmusic at gmail.com. I do respond myself, so sometimes that takes three days, four days, or a week. But I will respond, and I appreciate any feedback from today's show. All right, now that we got that out of the way, man, Um, one of... You know, first of all, I got Lavelle coming on today, so I'm real hype about having Lavelle on. Um, he hasn't been on in maybe a month or two, so it's always cool to get kind of my, like, you know, Lavelle is kind of like the original co-host, you know what I'm saying, um, of Inspire Guys People, so it's always a good time when he jumps on. And today, he's going to, you know, share um, about how he got out of debt, man, so I'm really, really excited uh, we actually talked uh, and did this interview about two days ago. So, you know, it already happened. So I already know everything that's been said. Oh, wow. This is behind the scenes. Look at you getting some behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. You know, we did that three, two days ago, I think. And, um, you know, we're actually um, going to I think I'm going to break it up into two episodes because it was about hour and 15 minute conversation. And, um, you know, what I'm saying so check out, you know, the first one and then. Uh, maybe in like two days. So I think the show drops on Wednesday, maybe by Friday. Uh, it's either going to be Friday or Sunday. I'm back and forth. You know, hit me up and let me know how soon you want it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but we're going to get the second half of the show out. And you're going to enjoy it because Lavelle loves telling his business. And he has uh, really just an amazing testimony as it relates to finances. So before we jump into that, um, I do want to talk about something real quick. I, I got a question for you. All right, let's, let me just ask it as a question. You know, if you were my friend, you know, imagine we're friends because we are family. This is God's people. You know, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. I got a question for you. 
Would you prefer a gift from me or a call? You got to think about that. We live in a world, let's be real. Like, no, nobody really look forward to a call that much, you know? But everybody like that. Let me, let me tell you something. Everybody don't necessarily invite you over their house for dinner. Everybody don't necessarily invite you over, you know, just to chill or play games. But you know what everybody else invites you to? A housewarming. A baby shower. Like, <laughs> people like getting gifts. I notice that about people all the time. It'd be people that never invited me to nothing a day in their life. And it'd be like, oh, housewarming. Got you. Got you. Got you. You want this toaster I'm about to get you. That's no, I'm joking. I ain't going to get you no toaster. Because I'm not buying you nothing. Um, anyway, all right, let's keep it going. <laughs> I love y'all, though. Um, what are we talking about? A gift versus a call. All right, this was the point I was making. Everybody loves a gift, but not many people enjoy a call. And let me try to, like, branch off and relate that to um, our lives spiritually and our faith, right? Um, we have gifts, and we have calls on our life. So a gift is like, yo, I can sing, you know, I can dance and, um, you know, I can play the piano. Um, you know, I'm artistic. There's a lot of a lot of gifts exist in this world. Some people are gifted speakers. Um, there's so many ways to be gifted. What I realized I was chilling and sitting back the other day and, you know, I'm always thinking. And I was like, man, we love gifts in today's society. Like, you're not going to find too many people that don't love a gift. We worship singers. We worship dancers, rappers, like people who are gifted. Like, we envy and aspire to be that. Like, we want that. We covet that. I'm like, why? You know what I'm saying? Because gifts are so cool. It's like, it's fun. It's like, and, and you get people these days that worship their gifts to the point where we're living our lives based on our gifts, but ignoring our call. All right. You need an example. And thankfully, Example Man is here to the rescue. All right. Let's think about the Bible. Let's think about the Word of God because the Bible is cool. That's what we, we rock with the Bible here. So think about David, okay? David is such an interesting guy. And his stories are really amazing in the word of God. You know, David could play the harp. He was a musician. You get what I'm saying? So let's just, let's just stick with that. He played the harp. Um, he was gifted at that. He was also a gifted warrior. He was an elite warrior. Like he was elite as a warrior. So he's gifted in these areas. But yet, why didn't God call him to be a singer or a musician or like this star, like American Idol? You know what I'm saying? Um, why, why wasn't he the idol? Like Hebrew idol. Like why, why wasn't David an idol? Like why, why isn't the whole Bible about his story and his journey through music and how he made it to be a star, right? That's the world we live in today. We live in a world where we're so inundated with social media and entertainment that we want our gifts to be our call. Now, your gifts are important. David gifts uh, a, mu a music literally, literally um, dealing with Saul 
evil spirits would flee when David played the harp. You, you like you you realize like that's anointed. You know what I'm saying? But here's the thing: even though he was gifted as a musician, his entire life wasn't based around that because he was called to be a king. Ah, I need you to think about this: gifted as a musician, gifted as a warrior, but called to be a king. Here's what I'm trying to tell somebody, man, out there. And I know this is tough. I know this from personal experience that this is tough. Because when you have gifts and talents, you want them to be like, yeah, I want to be a rapper. Like, I want, yeah, my joint, my album going. Like, and it's like, ah, we got to learn how to have a gift without worshiping it or elevating it to the level of calling. It's a difference. You might be a gifted singer and God might want and be calling you to preach the word. Now, that might look, you know, that might look different in different ways. God, when he calls you to minister, I like to think of real life ministry. I think sometimes when we think about ministry, we like to think about church in the building ministry. And that's like the only way that we envision God sometimes. But God is calling his people to do like Jonah, to go into Nineveh. Like, God don't, ah, this is going to be tough because I know I know, I say stuff sometimes and it sounds like I'm tough on us church people, right? Um, you know, because I'm a church person. I think sometimes it may come off like that, but that, that's not my intention. But I am trying to hold the church accountable to be better and to do better. And here's my point. I'll see churches sometimes year after year have the same programs. We copy and paste them from church to church. You know, it's a pastor's anniversary, a pastor's birthday. An appreciation for this, a prophetic conference. And I'm like, there are times that I'm sitting in the church service and I'm thinking, yo, look around. It's just a bunch of church people. <laughs> like, we the same people that was here last time. Last year for the prophetic, don't, I hope ain't nobody having a prophetic conference right now. I'm gonna get offended. Like, that's that. I, I say stuff sometimes. I might have seen a flyer on Instagram or something. I promise, like, it's not, it's not directed at anybody. Don't feel like it's you. I don't do the sub talking, sub tweeting, like indirect thing. It's just that sometimes the examples might hit home. You know what I'm saying? Like I might have seen something and it just happened to hit. You know, it, you got to think it's thousands of people that listen to this show. Like you just one person. So, it, you know, it's not personal. I, I never bring personal things to the show like that. What's my point? My point is that there are times that I'm looking at church events and situations. I'm like, just a bunch of church people here. And if it ain't nothing but church people, ain't nobody getting saved because we already saved. There are times that God has called us to go out and to minister to people or to just be an example or a light. You don't even always like see ministry ain't always just in people's face. Just ah, ah like a hound dog. Uh, minister. Hey, I'm a hound dog. I'm a minister. Hey, I'm going to get you. Uh. That's how sometimes we envision God. like. And we position ourselves that way, like where we got to overdo it and overcompensate. When you're authentic and genuine, you don't have to overcompensate. These are the things that we learn in life through experience, through trusting God and prayer. Sometimes, like God might have just called you to water or plant the seed. Like, you don't have to do everything. You're not God. But my advice to you is to understand the difference between your gifts and your cause. We all want gifts. We all want to be the next big thing, the next American idol, the next this and that. That's a gift. God might have gifted you with something and not called you to it. 
So you might be a gifted singer. Look, and this is where this comes from directly. You know, when you see TV shows like American Idol or The Voice or all these singing competitions, and I've said this before, this is nothing new. It blows me away. Everybody got that sob story. I've always wanted to be a singer, G. Yes, I can. I can do it. It's like, yo, it's like, yeah, man, you know, you know, just all my life, this been it. This been my dream. It's like, bruh. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not trying. I'm not a dream killer. That's not the point here. But what I am trying to tell you is, are you going after what God called you to or just what he made you good at? And being good at something don't mean you should do it. Like it just, I know that's tough because in the world we live in today, we think that we think our whole existence is just based around what we good at. But what God has called you to sometimes is so much deeper and it actually holds you accountable and challenges you and brings out the substance. Like in the situation of Jonah, when God told him to go to Nineveh, that was where he was called to go and speak to God's people. But he didn't want to do what he was called to do. And so God had to humble him to bring more out of him. I know what it feels like. I've been there. It happens to the best of us. The point I'm making at the end of the day is take a step back. I'm not trying to discourage you if you have gifts, but I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to understand your call and don't elevate the gift without understanding the call. Because what happens is this. We get gifted people. Who are truly gifted. Remember the gifts come without repentance. So you don't have to be saved to have a gift. You don't have to be pleasing God to use your gift. And when you elevate, excuse me, I could talk, I can get it out. I, I couldn't. And when you elevate, I couldn't get it out. When you elevate your gift above your call, then it's like an imbalance because we have all these gifted people on stages in church, like leading leaders preaching, Gifted. There are gifted preachers that ain't living right at all. Ain't trying to live right. Don't want to live right. I'm not talking about people who made a mistake or, you know, we all have challenges. I'm talking about you ain't even trying to live right. Like, but you're a gifted pe uh, preacher. I can talk. So people keep booking you to do what you gifted to do. We book gifted people. And that's why sometimes everything gets out of sort and out of order because we are not actually assigning people based on their call. All right, you heard enough of me talking. I think it's about time to bring my homie Lavelle to the show. And uh, let's interview this guy about how he was in debt like a mug. I, man, hold on. When my man told me how much he was in debt, I was looking at him like, bruh, <laughs> I don't even know how you just drove to the corner. So you ain't got no money, no money. No money, no money, no. All right, let me stop. Lavelle, um, uh, I guess we can insert some music right Yeah, we got to insert music right here. It's a, it's a segment. It's a podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you are a first-time listener, I'm not this crazy all the time, but I am this crazy most of the time. But in between all of that, you're going to get some good substance, and um, hopefully you enjoy it. Email me, Music at gmail.com. Let's get into it. Thank you. It's time to go Lavelle, what are you doing here? To another Lavelle Who let you in? It's time to go Alright, that's a Gary Dickens To another Lavelle I guess you can stay now I finally got a theme song, y'all! Greetings and salutations in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ 
Oh, I'm sorry. I got the wrong number. I call you back. <laughs> what up, man? What's up, my brother? Uh, strong words right there, brother. Uh, well, yeah. I know. I, you are you saved yet? Is that you got saved <laughs> since the last time we talked? Uh, I don't Thou know. almost persuaded me. Hmm. Okay. Well. I guess on episode this being 137 is just another opportunity to try to uh, preach Jesus to Lavelle and, and get him saved. What mm. up? How you feeling? You know, the, the number 137 represent what? No, it, 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 see, that's how I know you lying right there. <laughs> Anytime 137 is even in the Bible is the book of Psalms. So, <laughs> mm. uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. I got a word in me. What's been up, man? How you feeling, man? You know, it's been a while since the people talked to you, so I figure, you know, we don't got to jump right into topics or whatever. We can at least see, you know, how how you doing and, and what you've been up to. I saw you, um, I saw you in the news the other day or something. I actually I got a chance to glance at it, but I was uh working and I had Darius event. It was a busy week, so um, yesterday we went to see the point, so it was just crazy. Oh, so. Sweet. Yeah, so I haven't watched it yet. I'm planning on watching it today. So, but can you kind of tell the people like why why was I looking and seeing Lavelle on the news, or what was the story that that people are doing on you, or what, what's going on, man? I, I didn't know nothing about it. You know, I had to find out on Facebook. So, you know, just, just tell me what's up. Uh, first of all, my bad. I was confused with the date it was supposed to air. We recorded it. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they they didn't know the exact date. And then they actually, I think they aired it earlier than the time they told me because I had people messaging me saying, we just saw you on the news. I was like, I didn't, you know. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, so, so, so I think I talked about this on your show before that, uh, you know, I was pretty young when I got my first credit card. And I was a teenager, and they sent it like three weeks before Christmas, and you know, that year, man, I bought everybody gifts. I was Santa Claus. I was swiping like a ninja. Just <laughs> so, you know, and, and, you know, and of course, that's, that's you know, a str- that's strategic on their part. But, uh, yeah, so I, you know, and then, can, so. Can you, um, no, no, finish what you're saying. Finish what you're saying. I'll ask you a follow-up question. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Well, no, we'll next question now, then we'll come back. No, story. no, because people are gonna get mad at me if if you if I if you because you get in the flow, you know what I'm saying. And I listen back to my show too, and so I'm trying to get better. I feel like I've gotten better over the last you know six or seven months. Like when somebody's telling a story like yourself, you gotta let yourself go in and unpack it. I just get excited because you you talked about something being strategic for them. But yeah, you know, let's finish the story. That was strategic on their part. They caught you when you were young. You were Santa Claus. I'll let you finish the story, then I'll come with some follow-up questions. Cause this I think this is um yeah, I have no idea what we're gonna talk about today, but to me, this is this is interesting. I'm I'm hearing something here. So so go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, it is it is very interesting. But uh I, I got into a lot of credit card debt. You know, start it start that was where it started. And I didn't understand what APRs was, the uh, the percentage the annual percentage rate. I didn't understand what that meant, you know, at the time. Um, I didn't know what a high interest rate was low. You know, I didn't understand any of that. Um, and, and, and to her benefit, my mother tried to talk to me, but I was 19. I'm trying to hear that. <laughs> you know, I got, right. I, ha- I now have access through a plastic card in my pocket 
to thousands of dollars. <laughs> and I'm 19 years old. So whatever she was talking, all I, all I heard was the Charlie Brown uh, grown-up voice, the wah, wah, wah. That's all I heard, you know. <laughs> so I didn't want to hear it. I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. <laughs> right. So um, make it all so short, I had to I, – I, I kept upping the amount, you know, the um, – the, limit. The, the the balance, yeah. So I kept upping it because I kept hitting it, you know. So I think my first, I think the first thing they gave me was a thousand dollars. I spent a thousand dollars before Christmas. It was like within a week that was spent. So I upped it. Uh, let's let's see if we can do two thousand. Okay, then they they did it, and then, and then five thousand, and then it just kept going up from there. And uh, this is this is very embarrassing, but. You already know me. I'm gonna say it. Right? Well, it's been on the news now, so we met. That's why I'm. <laughs> I, I'm just go dig all the way in now because you you <laughs> talked about it on TV. So at least this is just audio. So. <laughs> <laughs> so so people can't see the egg on my face. <laughs> exactly. No, this this is helping people. This is gonna help somebody though. In all seriousness, um, it might be embarrassing, um, but I don't I don't want to joke, um and miss the point. I don't want people to, you know, I, I get silly sometimes, especially with you and I get to just cracking jokes, but um, I, I think it, I think this is going to bless somebody. And, that, and so that's why I'm digging into it as well um, as the fact that, again, you did seriously talk about it on the news, so it is public information now. So you were about to jump into, um, I think, you know, how much debt you were in or, or where your limit yeah. ended up. So, so let's unpack yeah. that, man. All right. So I agree with you. I do believe it's going to help somebody, which is why, even though it's embarrassing to me, some stupid mistakes when I, that I made, I do believe that, 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 you know, when we give a testimony, that it, you know, that it does help people. So that one card ended up getting up to almost $30,000. Mm. One card. Now, by this time, you know, the other credit card companies are seeing how much I'm spending. They're sending me cards left and right. So by this time, I have four other cards. And each one of them, my limit was close to 5000 each. So you're talking $50,000 in credit card debt Wow. that I'm in now. But get this, with nothing to show for it, Woo. I didn't buy a house. I didn't buy a car. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there was nothing to show for it. This was going out to eat with my friends. Me balling, paying for everybody, going to the movies, go, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, maybe a few, you know, clothes and stuff like that, yeah. But when I say nothing to show for it, I mean, you talking $50,000. I don't have $50,000 worth of clothes. Wow. <laughs> so that, you know, that was, that was a lot, a lot of money. So well, honestly, I didn't know how I was going to get out of that. Like, it got to the point where it just was so much money. It was like, is there a way out? Okay. Can I can I pay this off? All right. So this is what I want to do. Like let's let's unpack this in in two sections, right? So this first section okay. is kind of exploring the debt itself, because I don't I don't want to. I know we want to talk about how you got out of the debt. So if it's cool with uh -huh. you, I want to unpack and ask some follow up questions and, and have some follow up dialogue around what you've shared so far, which is this first part of just like being in the debt and the debt itself and how it came to be. Is that cool? Absolutely. All right. So first things first, um, you know, you, you mentioned that it was strategic um, that they 
you know, even targeted, you know, I don't know if that's too strong of a word, um, but we could say through marketing target, you know, marketing is targeting as well. So like, you know, you're a target market in marketing. That's, um, you know, common term, just in case that sounds a little too strong for people. But why do you think you were amongst a group of people that was targeted to even have access to this debt? You mentioned it was strategic. What did you mean by that? Yeah, so the, the way I believe that the credit card companies target people is, you know, they, they want they want you to spend as much money as you can. That's the primary, you know, primary thing because that's that's how they make their money. You know, if nobody is using their credit cards, then they're not they're not making any money. They make their money off of the interest. So now you do have some people who have car, you know, credit cards. They may buy a, a large purchase, maybe something for five hundred dollars, and then immediately pay it off. Right. If you don't do that, so I buy, I go out, I buy something that costs five hundred dollars. Right. So I don't pay it off. Now the next month. I owe $500 plus whatever my annual percentage rate is on there. Which is typically. And my high. annual, yeah, well, mine is 24%. Yeah. Now, anybody that understands percentage rates, that is astronomical. I think, uh, uh, you know, like some people have cars that maybe is 10%, 12 13%. Mine was 24%. Which so is when I say they. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like those are those are high, but mine was almost double <laughs> the ones that you're saying were, were already high. So you know, I think they look at your and, and and again, I haven't researched this. This is just my train of thought. I think they strategically uh, locate people who you know we were in a low income situation at the time. You know, my mother was had just become a nurse, so she wasn't, you know, she wasn't even completely out of debt yet. So they were like, okay, we can send this young person uh, this card, and we pretty much know he's going to max it out. Chances I had are. just, chances are, right. And uh, I don't even know, I don't even think I had, I don't even know if I had started working where I work now. I don't remember. If I did, I had just started there. So they knew the chances of me making big purchases were high, but the chances of me paying it completely off within a month were low. So that's what I mean when I say, you know, the, their, Which their strategies are strategic, yes. Okay, no, I think that that's fair, right? And like you, I like that you said, look, you share your opinion. This is not financial advice. We're just talking about opinions through finances and experiences and things like that. If anybody who wanna, you know, want financial right. advice, you gotta talk to a financial advisor. We're not claiming to be that today. Um, but Amen. <laughs> I think, you know, from, from so far what you shared, right. This idea of being strategic. So I'll just share, like when I got my first credit card, I was a freshman in college. Um, so I was, mm -hmm. I was 18 and it was funny because what they were doing, the credit card companies were set up in the cafeteria. Cause I'm, I'm using this as an example to confirm your, uh, suggestion that they could be targeting. Right. So they mm -hmm. were set mm -hmm. up at a cafeteria. <laughs> at a university with thousands of young kids, right? So you talk about targeting, this is a perfect place to set up. And they uh -huh. did something interesting. If you signed up for the credit card, like if you apply for a credit card, right? It was like, oh, uh -huh. don't, don't matter if you get it or not. They gave you a little Nerf basketball rim. Now, mm. that sounds 
minuscule right now. But like when mm-hmm. you 18 years old and you got a dorm room and you looking like, yo, everybody walking around with these little basketball hoops. I want one. You a kid, you're childish, right. you're immature, right? So that was how mm-hmm. I got my first card and maxed out my first thousand dollar card as well. So I just want to okay. kind of confirm this idea that, you know, there is at least some level of targeting at play. Um, the other thing I'll say is that they also target people on the other end of the spectrum with a lot of money, like even uh, or not. I, I, I was literally, I was literally just about to say so that. You go, you go ahead. Because I don't, go I don't. Well, I, well, I was going to say I don't want people to think that it's oh they're targeting black people, right, you know, right, right, right. or or low income people only. Yeah. You know, you may have a, a white kid or a black kid that comes from a family that makes you know a really good amount of money. They 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 strategically target them as well because they know if this kid can't pay it off, we see that their mom and daddy got loot. Yeah. <laughs> so they're gonna pay it off. So it's when I say it's not just a racial thing. It's not just a low income thing. They they strategically target anyone who they feel that they can get the money out of. Well, you know, I just want to clarify too. Like, I never thought you were making it racial. Number one, you're half Arab. So if you were making it racial, <laughs> I was I was I would have thought that you were trying to say that Arab people. You know, they targeting. Yeah, I, I didn't. <laughs> You know, for me, it's not about race. You know, we're all we're all equal in God's eyesight. So just, you know, just joking around there. He is half Arab. So, you know, just calling it out, guys. Um, You know, we are not a show that, um, you know, kind of gets into race baiting and things like that. You know what I mean? We're and, and if you all want to if you all want to hear that testimony, go back. I don't know what episode it is, but I did Ooh, talk. Yeah, we yeah. Did. You interviewed me about about that whole biracial thing yeah yeah you told your life story and uh you know lavelle loves to give people his business which is why we're um really decoding <laughs> this conversation here today it serves for great content for this show all right let's keep it moving along so um you know you talked about you were santa claus and um you know i, I the the next thing i want to unpack on this the, the first half of things you said is that you said your mom tried to talk to you and mm-hmm. i'm gonna be real man i find this to be really challenging um, in, in our community, um, now I'm specifically talking about, you know, coming from low income and, uh, we both being from the East side of Detroit, like it's tough when you're trying to tell someone something who has never had what they have now, like, mm-hmm. like, why is it? I, I, I guess I'm just trying to at least for a second touch on like, what was it about you at that time where your mother couldn't connect or reach you with, I'm assuming some level of truth or wisdom that she was trying to impart into you or what do you remember what she told you or tried to warn you about with the card? Yeah. So, so she would just tell me, all right, now be careful. The money that you spend on that car is not the money you're going to owe. You're going to end up owing more. Mm. But for some reason, honestly, I don't remember my thinking back then exactly why this listen but i think in my mind whatever i spend on this card i'm gonna pay it off immediately and i think most people think that way nobody i don't think anyone gets a credit card and says i'm gonna max this thing out and just owe three and four times more than what i'm paying well (laughs) i hate hate to tell you oh god but when I got my first car, I remember sitting there with Kale. We were sitting in his dorm room and building 7,000 um, in the apartments at Oakland University. 
Me and him was just chilling there in the living room. I remember what I had on. I had on some J's. I had on a Nike t-shirt and a Nike bucket hat, some gray Jabot shorts. I was pretty fresh that day. And um, With the credit card? No, 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 no. Uh, The credit card, (laughs) the credit card had got maxed out dealing with some family stuff. Uh, I remember my grandmother had passed. So of course Mm -hmm. we needed clothes to wear to the funeral. So I had to get some of my stuff, some, you know, other people Mm -hmm. in my family. It was was a lot going on there. But what Mm -hmm. was crazy was that I remember when I got the first bill, that's when we were at Kale House. I've told this story on the show before briefly, but I got the first bill and I remember I looked at it and they wanted like $11 a month. And I remember looking at Kale. Yeah, you remember, (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, what makes them think I'm gonna pay them eleven dollars a month? I don't have it. They, I, in my mind, I was like, they the dummies that gave me a thousand dollars. Why would you give? This is how ignorant I was, guys. I just want y'all to know how ignorant. I was. Why would you give me a thousand dollars? I don't got no money. Like you, you the idiot. So of course I had no idea. So anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off, but um, I had to share that there are some of us that are um not smarter than a fifth grader, and we. Do get a card and say, I'm about to max this out and not pay a dime. So anyway, you you were talking about the fact that in your mind, you thought that the moment I get this card, I would pay it off. And this is part of why you weren't listening to your mother's advice. Pick up from there, please. Correct. Yes. So obviously when I couldn't pay it off, now I'm glad you mentioned that little $11. Because when, when they send you the bill, and now for me, uh, I think I was probably the opposite of you. When I saw the minimum amount, the minimum payment, I got excited. <laughs> so wait a minute, you telling me I owe you two thousand dollars, and all you asking for is thirty? Yeah, thirty bucks. I can handle that. But if you pay thirty dollars a month on a car that you owe two thousand dollars on, but the interest rate is continuing to go up. It's going to take you about eight or nine years just to pay off $2,000. And in the end, you're going to end up probably paying almost double that or more. So I didn't understand any of that at the time. So I just thinking I was making the little minimum payments, thinking I can, I'm going to catch back up. And, oh, oh, man, when I get my taxes, then I can put all of that on there and knock this off, you know. And, of course, none of that ever happen you know you get your money and you you spend it on other things and those rates just kept 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 going up no that that makes sense so like you and you said something there that's kind of dope like what i what i took from it was the interest outlies the outlives or outlasts the product and the reason i Mm -hmm. think this is important is that a lot of times when we when we um getting debt going in debt it's something that we are emotionally drawn to or that we want, okay? And I have this term that I use, you know, me and my wife talk about this and just something I use with friends when we're talking about money, is like, don't worship your wants. And the reason you shouldn't worship your wants is because you will want something today, go in debt, owe money on it, and by the time you are done paying for it, you don't even want it no more. Right. So we make long-term decisions based on short-term wants. Now, I I think this is a real important point, so I want to just stay here for one second. Uh Um, 
a lot of times when you grow up poor, now this is for anyone out there who hasn't grown up really, and there's different levels to this, so it's hard to talk about this because everybody be like, yeah, I was poor, I was poor. You know, I get it, so we don't have to dig into that. It, but what ends up happening in, in poverty, just generally speaking, so overgeneralization, is that you start getting fed this idea that when you do get some money, because you're not used to having it, right? So money is almost like... um. It's almost like the a, a golden ticket or something. It's like, wow, we mm -hmm. don't see this that often. Right. So since I have it and I don't get it a lot, I should treat myself to my wants. Mm -hmm. I call that worshiping your wants. Wow. Because you get a couple dollars and you don't have the discipline to do what you need because your wants are overwhelming when you're poor. Mm. Uh -huh. and so all right here's what i want to connect that with you and this is just from the outside looking in and knowing you, you talked a lot about like you said you had nothing to show for it so uh -huh. you know what i'm saying you 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 spending all this money and i know you so i think this needs to be said what is it about your personality that you will go into debt doing stuff for other people and, and and this is something me and you talked a lot about, you know what I'm saying? So hopefully you know where I'm going. It's this idea that I think sometimes we have the, the right thing in mind, but the wrong idea. Mm -hmm. Meaning I'm, mm -hmm. I'm asking you, were you thinking that you were doing some good deeds by being Santa Claus? And I mean, you went into $50,000 a debt. And like you said, you didn't buy clothes or shoes for yourself, maybe a little bit. But this was largely you doing things for other people. So I just want to put that in context of like, were you thinking that you were doing the right thing Were you spending when you were spending this money? And then just generally, what type of things specifically were you doing for people? Yeah, so absolutely. So, my, OK, so my mother um, went into nursing school in the 80s. I was still really young, but we didn't we didn't have money, you know. So I remember my godfather. Shout out to him. He uh, he passed a few years ago, but he took me under his wing. His two sons, my two two of my best friends, um, anywhere they went, I went. Anytime you saw them, you saw I was there. You know, we were always together. We were inseparable, right? Um, when my mother didn't have enough money, he would say, "No, nah, I got it." You know, you know. So he he really poured into my life. So when I got a little bit older and I got a job and had access to these cars, any young person that I saw that needed something, I, I guess, I, I don't know if I felt obligated, but I just, thinking back to how it was being a young person, not being able to get, you know, what you wanted, you know, it's not what you need, you know. You know, me, me going to Cedar Point is not a need, it's a want, you know, or me going to wherever. It's just something that you want to do, you know, when you're young. But I felt like, well, I have this money here now. Let me be a blessing because somebody was a blessing to me. And while there is some truth there, you know, we, I, I think the church, I think we need to do a better job of teaching on the blessing of giving and receiving. You know, <laughs> you know I think we just need to clarify it a little more. So that people won't think that you just out here doing for everybody else. Hmm. And now you're getting to the point where you're hurting yourself. I think it was uh, 
T.D. Jakes preached one of his famous messages was when helping you is hurting me. You know, so it was like a famous sermon that he did. And it was like, wow, you know, yeah, I get to the point. I love to help people. But if it gets to the point where me helping you is actually hurting me, damaging me, destroying me, then I need to, you know, I have to do what I have to do for myself first. You know, the Bible talks about how, you know, if you, uh, those who find themselves in a fault, it says once you come out of that fault, then you're able to go back and pull your brother or sister out of that. So I think it's the same thing with debt. You know, me going in debt to help people just because somebody helped me when I was younger, that wasn't the the proper way to do it. Man, I, I, I couldn't agree more. So again, you, you, you sharing some great things. We're talking about worshiping your wants and financial discipline and just sharing some, you know, um, opinion about what we feel about some financial things. Um, Lavelle, man, you, you said a lot of dope things. Um, you said you felt obligated to help. And this is mm-hmm. something I really want to take some time here because I really want to give my financial opinions to hopefully help someone um, in thinking through some of this type of stuff because um, I truly believe that um, with education and, um, you know, you know, you know, people understand, like I always talk about the steps, you know, um, and learning, learning is the first step in my opinion to, to your purpose. You have to first be educated before you jump into things. And most people worship their wants because they're ignorant. And I don't mean ignorant in a, in an offensive way. I mean that they're right, right. ignorant of how this works. Most money is one of the only things that everybody can have and don't need a license to use. Mm. So it's like, when you think about it, you don't, man, you don't need a license to use money. So when people get their tax refund or you get a thousand, five thousand dollars or whatever it is in your hands, a lot of times no one has ever taught you how to use it. So it's like a, a nonviolent gun. It's like you just gotta, you just going off. Right. Um, But but here's the thing. You talked about helping yourself and you said you wanted to help people because you thought you had this money or, or you felt like mm-hmm. you had this money. So I want to say two things. Number one, that was a key thing that you said. You said, man, I feel like I had this money, so I feel like I should have someone else. And here's the breaking news. You didn't have the money. (laughs) Like, this is what we got to understand about finances. Having a credit card or having a loan or something that you owe somebody else, you have not yet, it's not yours. (laughs) Like, you don't have it. So sometimes we're going outside of ourselves doing things because we want to help other people worshiping our wants. And, and let's be real. Sometimes that's self-serving to you. It's like the person that take mm-hmm. a picture of giving the homeless person a cup of soup. It ain't really mm-hmm. about the homeless person. It's about you. Um, that's not, you don't have that money. And then here's what I'll back that up with. When you're on the airplane, right? We, you know, if you, for those of you who've been on airplanes, um, I just was in, but I was in Chicago last month in uh, Washington, D.C. Um, flew to both of those places. And when you go on a plane every single time before the plane, listen, before the plane takes off, they have to give you the instructions on what to do just in case the plane has to have an emergency landing. And here's the thing they teach you. So my point here is we never again, we never get taught what to do with money. We get money. Right. And no one teach it. We need to with every check needs to come an emergency warning. 
like before you wow. take off on the plane. This is what they say, and I'm paraphrasing. If, if the oxygen in this um, cabin gets compromised, you'll see an oxygen mask come from, you know, the ceiling. They tell everybody this. First, put the oxygen mask on yourself before you try to help anyone else. Yep. <laughs> and this is what we don't understand. There's a sequence in an order in life, and it's okay to follow it. First, get yourself together. You can't help someone with something you don't have. You're right. And some of us want to help other people so much, we want to do this and that and the other, and it's like, you don't have it. This is something I had, look, this is, don't, nobody, please, please understand, this is something I had to realize. I want to do a lot of things for my family. I want to do so much. Like, I, I, I'm not, mm -hmm. I don't even want to talk about it. I want to do so much. But what yeah. I had to realize was like, Jermaine, you got to put the oxygen mask on yourself first. Uh -huh. So I think some of us are out here thinking we are helping other people, but we're really killing ourselves. Wow. How did you get freed from that mentality? Um, <sighs> and, and we can start, you know, however you want to start transitioning into like maybe how you got out of the debt and you can share whatever you want to share. And maybe, maybe look, maybe honestly, you're not all the way over it, but I, I want to now start, we've unpacked how you got into, you know, close to $50,000 of debt, right? Um, uh -huh. that, that's a lot of money. Um, and you said you had nothing to show for it. How did you... Like, like, just help me understand, like, a person that is in that mindset of really digging a hole for themselves in order to help other people. It's sound, look, don't it sound good? <laughs> yes, yeah. But, but, all right, so so you sh share wherever you want to go from here, like, just share, a, sh start sharing, like, how did you change? What's your opinion about maybe some things somebody could do if they're stuck in this type of thinking where they think, that they're doing the right thing like what what role does education play you know just you know just take take it where you want to take it guys people we are going to pause right there that is part one of this interview with lavelle as you see my man was in did it did it did that and um yeah we're gonna play the rest of that interview so the rest of it is actually most of it it's a bulk of it it's like an hour left and um lavelle is gonna talk to you guys about how he got out of all this debt. The intention of shows like this is to provide some insight, some education, some thoughts, some tangible um, things to help you if you're in that situation or anywhere near it. We don't know everything, but we do know something. And I hope you come back for part two of this episode. And look, man, do me a favor. Share this show with a friend. We're trying to continue to grow. We're grateful and thankful for every listener. But the growth happens because of people like you texting a link to a friend, sharing it with somebody on social media, DMing a friend and need some inspiration and some encouragement. We are trying to inspire guys, people one, one person at a time. Hey, I see y'all in a couple days, man. Uh, yeah, I'm about to rap to this. Uh, yeah, turn my faith up.